Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. One of the things that really draws me to this community is, I mean, yes, open and everyone's like, yeah, everyone's fucking everybody. But it's the understanding that everyone has for each other. There's not a ton of judgment, but you can still have your own boundaries and people respect it. And so every time I meet somebody who's like, I'm open or I'm poly, I'm always like, cool, you're going to be fun to hang around. It's amazing to not have to hide a single thing about yourself to yeah. your partner. Yeah. Um, because like everybody is. The other fucked up thing is that society for centuries pushed people to feel like they aren't allowed to be attracted to other people. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship with someone and it's closed, I still feel like you should be able to at least express, like, I find that person attractive. Yes. Without it being an attack on the other person. Mm -hmm. But so much of society is, tells you, like, well, if he finds somebody else attractive, he doesn't find me attractive. It's yeah. very common. And men will compare themselves to other men. Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you get into this comparison game, yeah. you're spiraling. This is a Soul Fire production. Do you do ayahuasca a lot? I do. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never done it. Yeah. Really? It's, it sounds terrifying. It can be pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've only ever seen, there's like somebody on YouTube who holds, I'll call it like an ayahuasca retreat. And it's like seven days. You take it every day and you're like purging mm -hmm. your demons. Mm -hmm. Where's the retreat? I don't know. Oh. It's Kansas. Oh, so not even like somewhere cool, which is why I think most people's trips go bad because you're like, I'm high and in Kansas. Well, <laughs> hello to all the Kansas listeners. <laughs> it's interesting because so before I started working with ayahuasca uh -huh. um, and for me, it's been like very much a spiritual study. I was I was pretty scared to do it the first time. Um, my husband wanted to do it. And so he was and I was like, well, I don't want you to do this cool thing. And then like be all enlightened and I'm mm. like left behind. So I'm like, of course I'm doing it. Um, and that was about six years ago. And I did have a bit of judgment because I would hear that there were ceremonies happening like all over, you know, in, in LA and like I was living in um, Vegas before there are ceremonies that happened there, San Diego. And I just started to hear about them. And I was like, well, we're going to go to Peru. Mm. Um, and we did. What, um, what part of Peru? Um, right outside, like up the river from Iquitos. Yeah. Yeah. So like an hour up the Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it was an incredible experience. Um, however, I did start, you know, working with it here in Los Angeles, um, with amazing, very professional and super skilled, um, facilitators that keep all the traditions. And once I started to realize that I wanted it to be like a really big part of my life, and use it as a spiritual study for like my own path and mm -hmm. work because I do a lot of energy work. I'm a Reiki master oh, and cool. I facilitate sound meditations. That's great. And it's taught me really how to hold space for other people yeah. in the ceremonies that I do, which is a lot of women's work and women's retreats. And then I was like, I can't be flying to Peru like yeah. four times a year if I want to do this quarterly, for example. Right. So um, then it really shifted my perspective and I felt a little bit guilty for my judgment because I do believe that everyone should have access to this kind of medicine because it really is like a thousand percent medicine yeah. when, when done in like a sacred container and like with professionals. Um, I definitely think there's, you know, maybe some fringe 
like use that's not so great in yeah. some circles. But um, I don't know because I've never experienced uh, one of them. But that's my two cents on that because I used to be like, oh, you're doing it in L.A. Cool. You're doing it in Malibu. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was younger. But now I'm like, this is actually amazing because I've seen it transform so many people's lives. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody can afford to like hop on a plane and go to Peru. No. No, I mean, or, I went you know, to Peru like three years ago and me and my friends were like, we should do ayahuasca. And mm -hmm. then I got there and I was talking to some people that lived there and they're like, it's not really like a party drug. Like, it's kind of rude <laughs> that that's how you want to use it. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, and then uh, that man explained to us, like, it's a spiritual thing. It's a ceremony. Like, there's a lot. It's, it's the ugly American thing to do to go to Peru mm -hmm. and do to, because you want to have a trip. Yeah. Um, and we were like, great, we won't do it. Uh, yeah. So we didn't. Uh, we still had a wonderful trip. It's a beautiful country. Um, but I was glad to have met somebody before I did it because I don't think I would. I had the right intentions going into mm -hmm. it. I was like, yeah, let's just get high. Yeah. Well, and, you know, actually, it's so interesting that you talk about that because I feel like, you know, when these things are really pushed underground because they're scheduled, you know, illegal substances. Oh, yeah. What happens is real information about them that's very beneficial and helpful and yeah. can, you know, help people understand what it is they're actually working with becomes like really scarce and unavailable. And I'm so grateful to, you know, other people who are talking about it openly and in the light and the people that are pushing it for, for it to be like declassified or um, unscheduled. Decriminalized. Decriminalized, yeah. not declassified. We're going to get there. This is classified information. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, you know, that's why people have this misperception or they don't have a ton of information yeah. about it. They might hear one thing and put their own picture together. Like right. we're going to go rage in the jungle. Yeah. Um, and it's like once I think these things become more accepted and there's so many amazing studies that are happening now back in like great universities and yeah. programs like MAPS that are working on, you know, um, passing through things like ayahuasca, psilocybin, um, ketamine therapy, MDMA. Like There's been a ton of new studies, at least that I, I've seen about uh, doing mushrooms to to help combat like depression and anxiety. Like I have friends that are now microdosing it. Yeah. And it's they say it's helping a ton, mm -hmm. um, which is great. It yeah. works for you. Let's circle back to your breakup. Yeah. Because we talked a little bit um, before and I think that going through this, you said you wanted to step back and like take a break and work on yourself a bit. Yeah. And then this inspired you potentially, you know, being open to um, dating openly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was seeing this girl. We, we dated for five months. It didn't work out. Um, but dating openly and dating in even polyamorously uh, has been something that I've been interested in. And I have friends that do it. Um, and they seem very happy with their lifestyle. Um, and there's not a ton of information. I mean, there is information if you look, but there's all the information that I've gotten is just from people that I know that mm. are in some way or another, either in an open relationship or ethically non-monogamous relationship or however you want, whatever levels and degrees of that, right. that they've decided for their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I pick their brains. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I think that's something that I can do. I'm not um, an incredibly controlling person, if that makes sense. Like I don't – I like that I – I like when I date somebody that they have their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's great and that's awesome. Um, but there's also 
where do you even start? That's my question. How do you even get into that? How do you Mm -hmm. find somebody that's also into that? Yeah. That's not one of the four or five friends that I know that are already doing it. (laughs) Just date your friends. Hmm? Just date your friends. Yeah, I've been doing that my whole life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Robbie's shaking his head yes. Yeah. Um, I've dated a lot of my friends. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Wait, you should date his sister. Didn't you date your sister? He did date my sister. I had a crush on your sister growing up. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. What if you guys married each other's sisters and became family? Well, my sister is now married. Um, uh, off the table, Rob. Yeah. She's a, uh, I'm actually seeing Mike, her husband. We're hanging out tonight. Uh, he's great. Uh, and I don't think I could date your sister now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's another podcast. I'll date okay. your brother. <laughs> um, Okay. So the question is like, well, it's, it's a pretty open-ended question. There are yeah. many ways to go about it. Um, I think the quickest thing would be, so there's apps, there are apps for people who are open. Yeah. Um, say them out loud. So I know their name. Yeah. Field is the one that everyone keeps telling me field. Yeah. But okay. I, I mean, don't want to shit on it before you tell me why it's good. Look, it's it's come a long way. Great. I think it's been around for about four or five years. Yeah. And they're they are updating things, but of course this is such a niche thing that yeah. you know, there's there there aren't a whole lot of people on there. Um in different cities. In LA, there's like, you know, a, a big community. Um yeah. there are also there are also like social networks, um, like Facebook for example. Mm, um, I try to just never go on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. Facebook is not for- They are starting a dating Oh, I'm not surprised. I think it's crazy that they haven't yet. No, Um, I don't think anyone should meet on Facebook or be on Facebook. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of community that's built on there. I'm not a huge fan either. I don't really um, participate in a lot of stuff on Facebook. So please don't message me on there because I probably won't see it. It would be um, fun if we cut to a commercial now for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. If they were one of your sponsors. Facebook, please sponsor please. the podcast. We'll take any of your money. We'll say whatever you want us to say. Um, <laughs> no, so there are a couple of social networks called um, the Lifestyle Lounge, I believe is one. I'm going to write that down. And yeah, Cassidy is another. Now, I haven't been on either of these um, in years. I, we tested out Cassidy as a couple, my husband and I, um, years ago. And so I don't know really what's going on with it now. I do remember it being very much like um, people who wanted to connect, people that wanted to go to parties that mm-hmm. were like open mm-hmm. and like, you know, sexy. Um, and we we ended up not really ever meeting anybody from the site. Okay. Because it felt very like sex driven to me. And um, and that's not what you're interested in. in, in the not so much. World. Not anymore. I mean, in the beginning, it was really fun. Yeah, you're a kid like, in a candy store. Yeah, and you yeah. just want to like do everything and try everything. Yeah. Um, but now I've gotten a bit more boring and I'm all about like connection and yeah. intimacy. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That's you want to have like a glass of wine and like a candle. <laughs> yeah, and like have a fire going yeah. in the background. Um, you know, I still want people to go down on me. But sure. Like I mean, we while all, there's we all do. Yeah. It's well, what a treat. Yeah. You like know? I just need that like level of class. Right. Um I don't want you no. to say it to me in an app. I want it to happen organically with yeah. a bottle of wine. That I've met you at the grocery store, you know, kind of thing. Um, Trader Joe's. <laughs> wow, what a love story mm-hmm. we just like concocted. We did it. Yeah. Um, no, but I will say this. 
there's nothing wrong with people who I think want to date like other people and be open surely for like sexual pleasure because I think everybody has different interests and like different things that really light them up and like you have so much right to your sexual pleasure. Can I say that's one of the things that really draws me to this community is it's not just, I mean, yes, open and everyone's like, yeah, everyone's fucking everybody, but it's the understanding that everyone has for each other. Mm. Like you were talking about holding space. I think that's really the thing that draws me to this community is that like, there's not a ton of judgment, Mm-mm. but there is, but, but you can still have your own boundaries and people respect it. Yeah. Right. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. And so every time I meet somebody who's like, I'm open or I'm poly, uh, I'm always like, cool, you're going to be fun to hang around. Yes, because we, I think, well, at least people that are, I think, doing it in a really healthy way. And yeah. granted, not everybody has the tools to be healthy about it. So I yeah. always recommend like get the books and like really dive in and talk to other people about their experiences. But for the most part, especially people that would identify as like ethically non-monogamous or yeah. like consensual non-monogamy, we have really great boundaries um, because we get to practice them often. Right. And we're so sure of the things we want. We're a lot more selective, yeah. I think, about our sexual partners, yeah. which is wild. Like I've hooked up with way less people in my life than I think maybe – well, not before when I was single because I was like a serial monogamous, so I never had much single time, oh. um, which lent to me being like, oh, wow, I'm actually just polyamorous. I'm not just – I'm just not dating people at the Got same it. time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that it so, makes me so much more selective because – I have an amazing partner who I'm like madly in love with. Yeah, he's and hot who, too. He's, he's really yeah, hot, right? He's tall. He's tight. Yeah. And you're tiny. Like, yeah. We're, First thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. like seven feet tall. No, he's not that and tall. you like jumped out of a he's cupboard. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Pasha actually calls me um, pocket size. Yeah. And travel size. Yeah. Depending on what kind of situation yeah. we're or in. Or if you're a candy bar, you'd be fun size. Fun size. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, Pasha's like 5'11", I think. Yeah. I don't even know how tall he is. But no, we were like great. the same. We were like yeah. the same height. Okay. But I met him first. Mm-hmm. And I only met you like in texts and emails. Right. So I just knew you as this little avatar. Mm. And you present very tall. Do I? Yeah. <gasps> Thank you. Yeah. I think it's just a confidence thing, which is maybe not fair to people who aren't tall to assume that they don't have confidence because they do. Yes. But I think people equate confidence with height right i'm still basking in the glow of that compliment yeah. i really appreciate it yeah yeah um, it was a compliment and to all my other short fam out there yeah you got this you can present tall yeah you can present tall if you want <laughs> yeah yeah um where were we okay we're talking about how hot your husband is yeah <laughs> it's pretty great <laughs> he's um he is like literally the most handsome man i've ever met and so rude to say that to my face. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just not into like, you know, um, comedians. Yeah. Most people aren't. I was going to say white guys. Ah! No, actually I, the funny thing is I might, so Pasha's Middle Eastern and, um, I, I would date a lot of Middle Eastern guys. Like my boyfriend before Pasha was, um, Israeli or like two boyfriends before, sure. you know, an, an, an Italian boyfriend. Um, and then, once so like Mediterranean Middle Eastern feel. And then yeah. once we got married and we opened up, it's funny. I usually now only like date white guys oh. because it's like fun to have right. like the other, you know, to have variety yeah. and to have flavor. Yeah. Yeah. 
what led you guys, and you've probably talked about this in your podcast, so mm-hmm. I was trying to come up with questions that weren't something you've covered before. And uh, one of them was going to be what led you guys to opening your relationship. We talk about that extensively. But you've probably talked like about it a that ton. You didn't. So instead, I'm going to ask this, this yeah. question, which I think is more fun and maybe you haven't answered. And if you have, you can say next. Uh, have you guys, do you guys date together? Like, next. No, great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we do. <laughs> we do. Great. Because that's, so, uh, that I need, that needs to be true for this next question to even work. Okay. Have wait, you guys, re- reframe the question. Okay. Here's the question. Have you ever been on a date where one of you was very into the person and the other one very much wasn't? Oh yeah. That's happened. Does it sure. happen a ton? No, not a ton. Um, well, so to kind of clarify, we don't often date together. Okay. Um, it's, we used to. So like back when we first opened up and we were sort of trying things out and meeting people and like mainly we would, you know, match with somebody online or on field and then like we would take her out. Um, and there have been times where, you know, one of us was attracted or interested and the other like was not. Um, Pasha's very picky also. Mm. So, um, and he goes through waves. Like he has to be, you know, physically attracted to somebody like he's very visual. So like visual stimulation. A lot of guys are. Um, and, but then also like intellectually. So, and, and this is like not saying that all beautiful girls like aren't smart or aren't funny or, but I think a lot of times when like he would match with somebody online and then you like go out with them, you're like, not what I'm looking for. Um, and I'm selective as well, but I'm also like such a supporter. Yeah. And um, not that I'm just going to sleep with anybody because um, he wants to. And when we were first starting out and like getting our bearings, I think I did hook up with people that now I probably wouldn't just because I'm also way busier. Like I don't want to invest my time and energy into someone that's not going somewhere. Like to be sort of a long-term, even though I like things to be casual, I like them to be consistent. Like, um, even if they're spaced apart, I like quality. Yeah. Um, and so it's happened, but the, the part of our lives where we were dating together was actually pretty short. Mm. Um, and then we opened up and started dating other people and then, we would meet each other's um, like other partners from time to time and just yeah. like see if there was a vibe. And, you know, a, a few times we've had amazing like little relationships that have popped up out of it. Um, and mainly um, I would say two or three women we've carried on a, like a relationship with um, two kind of brief, more casual things. And then um, one which – uh, we'll get to later on okay. this on this season. Um, we really opened up like our whole lives. You'll get to later, like she'll be a guest. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. That's gonna be a fun. Yeah. And you're no longer seeing each other. Um, well, it's interesting. We've we are, she and I are. Um, they're very much like best friends. Um, okay. and she and I are very close and we we're like best friends also. And then from time to time, it is romantic, um, but that's not like the focus of our relationship. Mm. And what's really great is it's so fun to be fluid in that way. Um, and I just finished reading this book, The Ethical Slut. Um, I highly recommend reading The Ethical great. Slut okay. because, I mean, it speaks to 
just people who are interested in this lifestyle and how to go about it in a really healthy way. And there's so many things that like, you don't even realize the questions you have until you start doing it and start making like all these mistakes, um, which are great. Great learning lessons and fun. That's one thing that I know that I will walk into or run into is definitely mistakes um, because I'm human, but also I grew up very religious. And so just even in my dating life, now, mm. um, I run into all these things that I'm starting to shed cause I'm not very religious anymore. Um, not in that way. And wait, can we, yeah, well, finish, what's, finish your sentence. No. What's your question? I, I want to know like, how religious are we talking? I grew up Baptist. Okay. Uh, my parents are very Baptist, very like judgmental religious, okay. like it's not okay to be gay religious. Mm. And when my sister came out, that was real hard on my parents. Mm. And even harder on Caitlin. Um, I've had to have a lot of talks with my parents about it. Yeah. Uh, one time I grounded my dad. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, he messed up big time. So I called him and yelled at him. And then I was like. <laughs> Wait, so this is why it wouldn't make sense for Robbie to date your sister now. Oh, I have four sisters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, Ro- <laughs> Robbie, yeah. Robbie lost his she virginity. Did not lose, to- <laughs> he did not lose his virginity to my gay sister. Uh, how funny. Yeah, I have four sisters and four brothers. I have a big okay. family. Yeah. Um, and, okay. So let's get into it and let's talk about my, this will be fun. Let's talk about my parents. So, and their weird divorce. Uh, my mom and dad were married to each other. They had five kids. My mm-hmm. stepmom and my stepdad were married to each other and they had two kids. And then the couples divorced and married and swapped. So they're swingers. No. Your parents are swingers. Right. <laughs> Wait, so this is probably why I have at least an interest in this life. They did not do it ethically. Uh, okay. And so my mom had an affair with my stepdad. They fell in love mm. and they got married. And then my dad and my stepmom had this like th- sad thing in common. And oh. I think leaned on each other and then found comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And then I think religion drove them to get married. Oh. Uh, and they're still married. It was like a revenge marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Ways. It was like a, oh. like a, like a subplot on how to get away with murder or something. Yeah. It's like a dramatic little. Do you think they're happy? I'm so invested. I know my mom and stepdad are very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hang out with each other all the time. And they recently just sold their house and bought an RV and are traveling the country. <gasps> they're having, they're living the best life. They're BFFs. Thing. They love each other. My dad and my stepmom, I think, have found a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that they're always happy. And it kind of bums me out. Hmm. Uh, and well, maybe they'll open up. <laughs> yeah. And it'll enrich their relationship. Yeah. Dad, if you're watching. <laughs> um, but they, you know, they're making it work. Um, they're committed to each other. Uh, so there's something noble about that, uh, that they at least stick to a promise that they made. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really fighting to find a nice thing to say about their marriage. Um, well, okay. I have a question for you then. Yeah. Will you, I mean, obviously, because you're very confident and proud of who you are and you were like, you know, fighting for your sister and, you know, her emotional support probably. Yeah. So what do you think it'll go like? So if you start dating Mm -hmm. like a, a a woman who's married, for example, if we start dating, are you going to tell your parents? Oh yeah. Okay. That would be fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think their reaction is going to be? Uh, they'll hate it. Uh, I remember when I was, Caitlin was in high school this will give you an insight to like why this would be fun for me. Because mm-hmm. at this point, like I don't lean on my parents for anything. I'm very independent. I've been very independent since I was a teenager. 
And so now when I do things that bother them, it's just kind of fun. Like mm-hmm. it just makes me laugh. For example, when I was like freshly out of high school and Caitlin was still in high school, she was trying to test the waters with my dad. And so me and my dad are watching TV and Caitlin comes downstairs and just out of nowhere goes, dad, what would you do if Kurt was gay? And he sat up and was like, why are you gay, Kurt? Kurt, are you gay? And I knew what she was doing. And I also knew this would be fun. So I just started being like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't so like, great. I don't like labels. He's <laughs> like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, I just like people. <laughs> and so we just messed with them for a while. Uh, until it wasn't fun for Caitlin anymore because he was getting upset. And then I was like, I'm not gay. Caitlin, let's go upstairs and talk. Uh, and that's how she came out? No. She came out to my mom first and then my dad second. She almost came out to my mom or kind of came out to my mom on accident in Vegas. Mm. She was drunk. Um, and we were on our way. And on the way, the girl that she was dating texted her and broke up with her. And so she was a mess. Oh, <clears throat> but no. we were with family, so she couldn't tell all of us. She told me I knew she was out. She told my sister, uh, my other sister, but my parents didn't know. And then we get to Vegas. She gets drunk fast. She loses like four or five hundred dollars, like all of her gambling money immediately. And she was just like bummed. And my mom was trying to cheer her up and was like, "It's okay. Like you don't have to gamble. Like we'll find you a nice man." And she was like, "No, no nice man." She was like, "We'll find you a nice handsome man." <laughs> no, no nice handsome man. And she was like, "We'll find you a nice handsome rich man." And then Caitlin very flatly went like, "No, mom. No men." And then looked at me and was like, oops. I pa- and it's like panicked. And we're very close in age. So we swear we have ESP. And she was like, say mm. something, help me. Aww. So then I went, I smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom went, what? So good. <laughs> and then I got in trouble for smoking pot. But I didn't live with her at the time. So it was fine. Ugh. And that's how my mom found out I smoked pot. And got a hint that Caitlin is gay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. She, she came out like a year later to her. And my mom took it while my dad didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's rough. You know, yeah. it's, um, I've, you know, have friends and family that have come out and sort of not been accepted by their parents. And, um, I didn't have that experience. My, my parents are amazing. Um, and my husband's parents too are so incredible and so accepting. And we, um, I share this on other, on a previous episode, but you know, we didn't come out for a long time about being open. Oh, your about parents like, know? Yeah, they know. Oh, well, cool. I mean, if they didn't, they know now. Because they've listened to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what hope so. means. <laughs> um, no, but I, I we recently actually came out. Um, we started to open up to our friends mm. only after like, I mean, some of my closest, closest girlfriends yeah. knew. Um, but I was the one who wanted to sort of keep it a secret. And I had, you know, a lot of, a lot of issues with like what, you know, what are people going to think? Did um, you lose friends? No. Good. I didn't lose any friends. No. I have the most incredible community. And um, yeah, if anything, I feel like I've gained closer relationships because of it. You can be more honest with them. Yeah. I mean, You're not hiding a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like was kind of fun at first to like be secretive and to like have this really cool thing. Yeah. That Pasha and I shared and it was like no one else but us. Yeah. Um, But what I didn't realize over time was how much that was like eroding my personal integrity. Mm. And then also like, you know, kind of being in the closet about being bisexual, which, you know, I didn't even really claim or admit until like four or five years in like openly. Um, and then there's a lot of scrutiny around being bisexual because most people just go for women. They're like, you're just straight. And sometimes you make out with girls and for men, they're like, you're just gay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten that a lot. Like, pick a side. Yeah. The bisexual community is like, um, what I think the most 
like excluded and minority within the sort of LBGTQ yeah. community. I think I think we get lumped with like party ears. Like you're just a party animal. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. Yeah. I think they're jealous. They are. They are. <laughs> you're just mad that I, it's anyone for me. Yeah. Yeah. I also you wonder, love people. Yeah. I love people. It's like people. Mm-hmm. I like hot people. Yeah. <laughs> I like different flavors and yeah. variety. Like that's why we're here, you know? Yeah. And I think like, you know, had the church not tried to take over the world and successfully almost did. That, that we, sneaky church. The, we would, that pinky in the brain Everybody church. <laughs> would be like living like hedonists, you yeah. know? Like in the best way, in the yeah. best sense of the term. Because I think like, you know, we're here to do and to try everything. Yeah. That's why we've got senses. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five. More, but, you know, There's five that right. we, yeah. And the rest are like yeah. in your aura? Yeah, for sure. How many in the are fields? there? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, there's like, you know, ESPN, like you talked about. Did <laughs> I say joke. ESPN earlier? No, oh. I'm just making a joke. But ESPN. There's another one, actually. I forget what it's called, but it's like. It's not touch, but it's like almost um, pressure or like oh. or or like almost like indentation. I'll have to see what it's called, like on the skin. It's actually a different sense than touch. Um, and it's why like people feel really good with like a weighted blanket if they have mm. anxiety because um, – and you see this a lot in children um, who need like a lot of hugs or they need like this um, – what is this even called? Like – Pressure. Uh, pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's why kids bite, actually. It's why kids bite? Mm-hmm. They're like searching for like this pressure and then release. Yeah. I always thought because they're fun facts kids. on <laughs> Fun facts on open late. No, no kids are bad. Well. I mean. <laughs> you ever been on an airplane? Yeah. Those kids are bad. <laughs> Those kids are really bad. Just in that moment. Yeah. Although. I've been near babies a lot on planes, and I, I don't know if we've evolved as a people, but like, and they were chill the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is great for those parents. Yeah. It's tough. You know, their ears are popping. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They're in the sky. We should all be freaking out. Yeah. We should all be like, oh my God, how are we up here? Yeah. yeah. I oh, I still don't understand how it works, aerodynamics. Like every time a plane takes off and I'm yeah. on it, I'm like, this thing, there's no way this heavy thing is going it's to going, yeah. catapult and into Every the time air. it lands and I'm like, yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're just in a bullet that have they're you, just launching to another city. Have you ever skydived? No. Oh. I want to, though. I went bungee jumping in New Zealand, and I did the third highest commercial jump you could do. And it was nuts. Wow. It was because once you jump, you're like, either this is going to work or it's not. Right. But I've made my choice. Yeah. And then what they don't tell you is you bounce and you come back up, you got to drop again. Like almost the whole way. It's scary, but it was yeah. really fun. Oh, man. I don't know about bungee jumping. I recommend it. I would skydive too, but I hear bungee jumping scarier because mm-hmm. you're just, the ground is right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thanks. Okay. Um, all right. Where were we with the open talk? Oh, we were talking about how hot your husband is. Yeah. Anytime you ask him, we're <laughs> just, just going to come back to that. Go back to Pasha. Yeah. So you've talked about field, which I've looked at, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making an assumption. So please help me if I am. It feels harder for a for a single man to start dating openly because everyone's like, yeah, of course you do, you little fucking pervert. Yeah. 
Uh, and you know, so there's not like, they say like there's the unicorn, which is like mm-hmm. a girl who wants to date a couple. Yes. And then it feels like the man, like a man who's interested in doing that is just like, yeah, just some troll who just wants to get his jolly song. Yeah. And so the, it, the, the threshold and the gatekeeping feels harder and mm-hmm. it almost feels like I have to get into a relationship and then be open. Yeah. As opposed to being a single man. I mean, you are correct. Great. Well, I was is, hoping to be wrong. No, I mean, not that you have to like go the length sure. of getting into a relationship and, you know, <laughs> contriving this whole plot so yeah. that then you can date openly. It's a pretty good plan though. <laughs> yeah. It just, it is, it's a bit more challenging. There are a ton more men um, on field. Yeah. So like, for example, as somebody who has an account on there, if I toggle on like looking for a single guy, I get like probably 50 matches in a day. Yeah. It's, it's pretty aggro. Um, yeah. And there are a ton more men to like browse through. Right. But there are not that many single women on the app. Right. And I think, you know, it's, it is because it's such like a niche community. And I think that men have, you know, so much more sort of sexual freedom and confidence um, projected on them from society as well to be able to come out and be open. Whereas for women, you know, generally there's a lot of slut shaming. There's a lot that there's a lot that comes with it. I mean, we all have our own sort of things that we're unpacking as well. I, I was like so terrified to tell people that I was like, dating other guys. So family started to find out casually. And even my mom, I I used to love to like actually troll my mom too Mm -hmm. and just like say things that would freak her out my whole life. So I would tell her when I would like make out with girls in college or um, like the first time I had a threesome with a girl. And she did think it was more like a party phase. Um, I think I like loosely just because I love to just kind of stir the pot here and there. But she never thought it was like, this lifestyle choice. She's like, uh, yeah. oh, you were probably partying. Parents and- love to be like, it's just a phase. Yeah. 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 I so- think my parents have said that about me about most of my life choices. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like they weren't stoked that I wanted to do comedy because I've been doing it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he'll get over it. Yeah. And this then is just a 25 still, year- you're still doing it. Yeah. 25 year phase. Yeah. I think when I turned 30, my dad was like, I guess Kurt's not going to be a firefighter. <laughs> oh, is that what he wanted for you? Yeah. My dad's a firefighter. My dad's dad's a firefighter. It's okay. like a, maybe his father was a firefighter. It's like everybody was a firefighter in my dad's yeah. lineage. You're like, I'm fighting fires in different ways. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm about on to. on fire. Yeah. I'm on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love like kind of, you know, messing with parents. And yeah. I mean, my mom has a hard time still understanding my lifestyle, but she is very accepting. Good. Um, And so, you know, to to the point of like, it is a lot harder for a single guy. Um, I think that over time, as we normalize non-monogamy and normalize like women being equal, maybe, yeah. and having like sexual freedom and yeah. to do away with all sort of the the patriarchal, you know. Misogyny. Misogyny. It's bad, exactly. man. It's yeah. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Then hopefully you'll see you'll see more women on these apps. I would yeah. say like don't give up and you know, you can also just start sharing these things about your life and your interests yeah. with people in your community. And likely or likely, likely, 
uh, likely you'll start to find that there are way more people. Like you said, you have four or five friends that are open. Yeah. And as soon as we started opening up and telling people, I mean, people came out of the woodwork and I was like, no way open, but everyone sort of does it in secrecy or they do it, you know, just really without sharing that part of their lives because there's so much ridicule and judgment that comes with it. And that's like, one of the main reasons that I wanted to start the podcast was to like shed a really beautiful light on something that is, in my opinion, so conscious and so much about unconditional love. Right. Um, and all the sappy stuff that I said I'm into now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing how that this lifestyle from just even what I've peeked into unlocks that in a lot of people because then they can stop judging themselves for having these desires mm-hmm. and they can start sharing it. Like you were saying, like you feel closer with your friends when you've been able to share this side of your life. Yeah. And now you're not judging yourself mm-hmm. be- because you're afraid they're going to judge you. Yes. Yeah. There is. Wow. That's such a great point. There's so much self-judgment. Mm. I mean, we judge ourselves for everything, Constantly. every little thing. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing something that you feel like is just a no-no or yeah. like a big taboo in society, especially like if you grew up religious, like, yeah. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but I'm not subscribed to religion probably Did you go since to church I was like 14. A lot? Or was it like a Um, I went Christmas to Catholic Easter. school. Oh. So <laughs> we went to church every week. Yeah. Um, and sometimes during the week in yeah. school. Um, and but that was only until eighth grade. So then I went to a public high school and it was pretty much like no more, yeah, no more church for me. Um, which I knew from like, even when I was younger, that it was just so like such a, a mask. That's of, nice. Cause it, I was much older when I ripped that bandaid off oh, and it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was I still haven't even told my parents. Oh, that you're not going to church. Sorry, mom and dad. Uh, I mean, they know I don't go to church, but I think they still think that I'm like, it's all about Jesus. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he was a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Great uh, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was Gandhi said, uh, I'd have been a Christian had I never met one. And I do feel like, and I hope that's, I'm attributing the quote, right? It's probably misquoted. Um, but I think there's so much truth to that because a lot of people that are very into the church are so judgmental. Yes. And I'm like, Jesus was a radical guy who got killed by the cops. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, religion is a really, really interesting thing when you look at it through history and how much it's shaped like all of the things that we do in society. Oh, yeah. And like still like medical care, um, especially for women, has just been completely like eroded and mishandled because of like religious influence. Um, It's wild. That's also like a whole other topic. We we spent hours on it. Yeah. And we literally like people are not supposed to deliver babies like on their backs. It's like the worst possible way to deliver a baby. Yeah. But um, there's just supposed to be on all fours. Um, That's better. Or like on two (laughs) legs. Yeah. Because like gravity and the way your pelvis tilts. But it's just easier for a doctor. Yeah. It's much easier. And water births are supposed to be better too. They're supposed to be great. Yeah. yeah. I just had one of my best friends, Elena, just had her baby at home in water. Really? Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes like the babies can, they know to hold their. Breath. Yeah. They just like stay under Because there. that's it's all like, they're doing inside anyways. Yeah. Like they're breathing in there. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. I really can't wait to have kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll be a great mom. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really great because someone recently, I do these, um, I used to do uh, like open late on Sundays and I would go live on Instagram and answer people's questions. Um, And (laughs) like two weeks ago, like at the end of the chat, this like troll was like, you're going to be a terrible mother. (laughs) Like, thanks. Jeez. Yeah. People are mean. Yeah, online mm-hmm. and i know that's the other thing Ugh. is no one would say that to your face in real life or it would take like a very specifically angry person mm-hmm. to get the courage to say that to somebody's face but behind a keyboard we're all monsters yeah it's true yeah i got love for all my haters though they just haven't yeah. seen the light yet oh mm-hmm. i don't the light of jesus <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> let's pray the light uh, of uh the light of like hooking up with other people while you're married yeah it's great They'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or they won't. Yeah. And they'll figure it out in the next life. I dated a lady who was in an open relationship. This was my first, um, I guess t- twice. Once I knew and once I didn't. Uh, the first time I I was with someone in uh, who she was cheating on her husband, I didn't know. We were 19, so I just didn't believe mm-hmm. it. And then she told me afterwards, after we had had sex, uh, in a very peculiar way, she took a photo of me like a Polaroid photo. And I was like, why'd you do that? <laughs> she was like, this is in case my husband finds out I'm cheating on him. Uh, he'll be so mad. He'll like, he'll try to kill me. And my bargaining chip will be to give him this folder. And then she opened a folder of a bunch of Polaroid photos of dudes that kind of look like me. It was like, I'll give him this and he'll kill all of you guys first and hopefully get arrested. And I was like, Oh my God, what? that's so much information. What? Yeah, oh my God, this is not, this is not ethically Mm-mm. non-monogamous very at much all. The this other is way. very much And like then she was like, what was your name again? Crime. <laughs> and wrote and... it. I gave him EP in my name. <laughs> yeah, I said Robbie Garippo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so that what was my you... very first, I made up a name. Okay. And got out of there. Oh, so you didn't even know each other's names. We did. I, mm-hmm. It was I kind of hurt my feelings. She didn't remember my name, so I remembered hers. Um, the second time was... Wait know, a minute. Sorry. How much mm-hmm. older was she? We were both 19. And she was married? She was in an arranged marriage. Oh. Yeah. So it was like something she didn't want that her parents forced her into. So, you know, I wouldn't anyways, but you can't judge somebody for being in a marriage they don't want to be in. Is this in a, like in America, like an American marriage? She was first generation okay. here. Her parents were from Pakistan. Mm. So it was like a cultural thing. She yeah. didn't want to lose her family over it. She absolutely hated her husband and she wanted to be 19. Mm. She wanted to have boyfriends. She wanted to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she created a space for herself to do that, which I think is incredible and brave. And then she also created a fail safe, yeah. which kind of threw me under the bus, but whatever uh massively good thing you're still here yeah he probably gave the wrong name yeah (laughs) hope he never found out and then she's still living her life i hope that she's out of that marriage because that sounds like not a or if not at least they she's happy that's what i hope Mm -hmm. um the second time that i was was more way more ethical it was a couple that was opened um she and i met on tinder and she quickly was like, I'm in a relationship. It's an open relationship. Um, and we were talking. And then uh, we went on a date. And she was like, my boyfriend likes to watch. Mm. Are you comfortable with that? And I was like, it's the end of the world. <laughs> I'll give anything a shot. <laughs> this was in co- during COVID times? Uh-huh. Yeah. During the pandemic? Yeah, this was like late last year. Um, and so I met him. It's very sweet. Uh, and then... The first time we were together, he 
if he watched, he watched like from behind closed doors. Oh. Um, or they recorded it or something. I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. I went into it going like, I am okay if they did, if they don't mm-hmm. tell me. Like I had to prep myself for all these things. It was nice. She was very great. And then she broke up, up with me like a week later because she was like, he he is getting jealous because mm-hmm. I'm having real feelings for you. And I was like, oh, okay. After one week? Yeah. Oh. We had like a very, I mean, it's also, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. You're not meeting other people. Mm-hmm. She and I had a great connection. We, uh, you know, she was funny. We made each other laugh. She's beautiful. We had great sex. Um, and I think it was maybe just bad timing for the right. relationship. So then like a week later, she was like, I don't think we can see each other anymore. And I was like, totally understand. I'm sorry if I brought like mm-hmm. some messiness to the relationship. It wasn't my intention. Um, but nevertheless, here we are. Yeah. And then like a week after that, she was like, never mind. We talked about it and it's cool. And I was like, well, now I got to draw a boundary because I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, and that was my only. So you never hooked up again? No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, from from my perspective, um, if I can just share a little bit. Please. There, there are many like ups and downs and emotional sort of swings yeah. in, this, in this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, especially with couples that are new to it or, or maybe even I can only speak from my experience. So maybe couples that have been doing this a long time still have feelings of jealousy come up and triggers um, and different people might trigger different things. Yeah. Like, um, I, you know, we've had pretty minimal jealousy in our relationship, um, but we've not really started any outside relationships that have a lot of emotional attachment mm. um, except for um, the one, essentially. Maybe two. Maybe I've had it with a guy that I was um, seeing off and on for like three and a half, maybe four years. But Pasha was never really jealous. And then the couple times that we have, though, it's been something about a person that will trigger something. They, yeah. Like you might remind him or the way that she talked about you could trigger an old wound from an old girlfriend. And I think s- what it was, because we she asked before, before, after we had slept together, we were talking about us sleeping together and him watching. And mm-hmm. then she was like, can we start – uh, a group chat with the three of us mm-hmm. and you can be like mean to him. And that's oh. what he wanted too. Really? And I was like, oh, well, this is kinky. Yeah. I, I was like, this. okay. Yeah, sure. And we tried it and I had a hard time being mean to him. Um, I don't love being mean. So I think the way I went about being mean was probably too loving and he mm. didn't like that. Where like, he wanted me to like uh, make fun of his penis size and I was like, I'm not going to body shame you. Like, yeah, that's that hurts so much. Like, that's not something I'm comfortable doing. So I would just be like, you know, he was inviting me to say Aww. things. Yeah. There. He'd be like, you knew you had nothing to worry about when you shook my hand because I'm so weak. And I was like, mm. I think you're great. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, so I think maybe that's what it was is also they wanted like a bowl to come mm-hmm. in and kind of. Wow. Be, be like a you know a bowl and mm-hmm. i was like oh, i'm just gonna be sweet to you and i think you know yeah. you're nice and she's nice and let's be nice let's all be nice yeah i'm not really cut out for this yeah yeah and so um, i think that maybe triggered a little bit where it's like oh he's being too nice yeah and, and maybe that triggered something for him oh that's a really great story thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah i hope they're doing well yeah, yeah. i mean what the, what i was going to share too is there are like a ton of people who who open and close and who pull back and sort of work on themselves or figure yep. out what the piece is and then kind of clear it 
you know, yeah. figure out like what the trigger is and do that personal work. At least I hope that's what we all should be doing. Right. Cause this container is like such a great space for yeah. like working on yourself and like eliminating, you know, your insecurities and your triggers um, so I want to be like, give them another chance. Maybe they really did figure it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I won't say that they haven't, and I still follow them online and see that they're still dating. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's going well. Yeah. Um, at least from as far as you can tell from seeing someone's Instagram, you know, yeah. everyone's always putting out the best of version of themselves on there. So who knows? But, um, yeah, maybe. Do they want a female dominatrix? I don't know. Mm. Why do you want their number? <laughs> Kind of. No, I've never done anything like that. But like you telling the story, I was like, this is really kinky and interesting. It was fun to do. It was fun. I mean, like, you know, I took a real college try Mm -hmm. and found where I was comfortable being like, you know, I would still be, I'll I'll use mean in quotes to him, but like in a kinder way Mm -hmm. where like, you know, he really wanted me to make fun of his penis size. He was like, I, you know, mine's not big enough to make her come. And I was like, buddy. It's not about how big or small it is. Like, you you just got to figure out how to use what you got. Yeah. So it was, like, kind of mean. Yeah. But then also kind of encouraging. <laughs> you were like, you can do it. Yeah. And then I would say stuff like, I mean, you can always watch if you want some tips. So then it was, like, hot. And also, <laughs> like, confident. We're like, if you want, I'll, I'll show you a little bit. You were like, you wanted to be bros. Yeah. I was like, yeah. come on, bud. <laughs> yeah. Get in here. Slap him on the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like we tag team, but we, we, spanking each other's butts. Yeah. Be great. Oh, man. I really wonder what they're doing. I'm so invested. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll reach out and then come back and let you know. Okay. Episode two. Yeah. With Kurt Maloney. Yeah. So that was, those are my two, like, steps into the community. Mm-hmm. One way more positive than the other. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. And especially just, like, talking to my friends who all do this they're like yeah we it's really caused us to be more open and vulnerable with each mm-hmm. other and i'm like that's the shit that i want yes it's amazing to not have to hide a single thing about yourself to yeah. your partner yeah um because like everybody is i mean maybe there's like a a you know small percentage of people or a community i don't know like 10 or 20 percent is there's people who are like kind of asexual too sure. who are you know married or in relationships who are not attracted to other people maybe yeah or sexually stimulated by like other people or strangers yeah. or friends. But for the vast majority of us, biologically, our body is going to turn on and send signals when yeah. we visually see something we're attracted to. It's not a choice. No. It's like literally a biological, physiological right. response. And, and the f- I want to correct myself. Okay. Physiological. It's a hard I was word. like, did I say that wrong? And so then we like live our lives, mm-hmm. like hiding this part of ourselves, which then kind of, as I mentioned, will just kind of erode your own personal integrity. Right. And the more you hide that one thing, the more you'll stop opening up about all other of the things. other things to your and partner. It, and that's where resentment grows. Yes. And oh my God, is that the worst? Resentment's like mold. Oh, it's, and it just grows and it grows and you keep pushing it down. And it's like, it's not going to go away until you talk about it. Mm -hmm. The other fucked up thing is that society for centuries has pushed people to feel like they aren't allowed to be attracted to other people. Mm -hmm. Even if you're in a relationship with someone and it's closed, I still feel like you should be able to at least express, like, I find that person attractive. Yes. Without 
it being an attack on the other person. Mm -hmm. But so much of society is tells you like, well, if he finds somebody else attractive, he doesn't find me attractive. Then they start comparing. Like, it's yeah. very common. And men will compare themselves to other men. Mm -hmm. And it's like once you get into this comparison game, you're yeah. spiraling. I mean, that's like what the you know a lot of people talk about starvation economy. And this like basically situation of lack that we've all been led to believe that we're in. Like mm. if you find someone attractive, then you find me less attractive, which is not the case at all. Yeah. Just because someone finds something pleasing does not make you any less valuable. Yeah, It's like that's your own personal issue. That's your own self-confidence and, right. you know – that's something for you to work on. It's an old wound right? that like you need to focus on yourself. It's yeah. not your partner's fault at all. Yeah. You know, the first time I had heard that sort of thought process was actually in the acting world um, because it, this even grows in other parts of your life where it's like, oh, my friend booked this thing and they get mad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you should just be happy. And they're like, but there's only so many parts. And it's like, there's going to be parts forever. Like, we're going to keep making TV and movies. Yeah. You should celebrate and live in abundance mm -hmm. and be like, yay, they got a part. And then I'll go after this thing. And right. like, but I think that translates to other aspects of people's lives that they don't check in on. Mm -hmm. um, and which is another very attractive part of this community is that like, it's a community that lives in abundance and celebrates yeah. abundance. And, uh, in addition, that isn't afraid to actually speak how they feel and open up and share. And it's like, damn, that's we should all just be poly. <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting for somebody to come on the show and say poly. that and yeah. confirm that I believe. <laughs> um, no, I actually don't. And I I often say that I do I believe poly is amazing and a lot of people should try it. Yeah. I don't think it's for everyone. No. There's a lot of people that are so, you know set in their ways or super happily monogamous. Yeah. Um, but what I do hope is even like my monogamous friends start to open up and expand to become closer by ways of maybe just like sharing, like yeah. I find that attractive or sharing more desires that they may never even act on, but it's like so much fun to sort of talk about things in the bedroom that are yeah. new and exciting and you never have to do it, but, um, no, but you creating can, that safe space yeah. for your partner to express themselves can add so much rich richness to your relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's another, I think, thing that this community does well is that, like, they are both honest and open. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference where, like, I've always been like, I'm a very honest person. And then, I mean, I'm in therapy now and be pushed by my therapist to also be more open and share mm -hmm. the things that, I, like, yeah, if you ask me if I'm upset, I'm like, yeah, I'm upset. But I, I don't know if I would always be open and just be like, you know what? I have to share something with you. I'm upset or whatever yeah. the emotion is. Um, but there is this openness about it. That's very, it's a very attractive quality to the community. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be poly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this has been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. We should do this again. Let me know. Once you start dating. Yeah. Or once you reach back out to that couple. <sighs> Okay. Let me know and we'll go for round two. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you all the, the misadventures of Kurt's foray into polyamory. Yeah. It'll be fun. Cool. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. That's a wrap, you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.